Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joe Vore Podcast, JV Podcast Network. Before we get to our very important, special, talented guest, reminder, we are on YouTube, the Joe Vore Podcast. Be sure to like, uh, review, subscribe, hit that bell notifications, never miss an episode. Also, Apple and Spotify, the Joe Vore Podcast, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. So, business out of the way. Let's get to our guest, Hime Marie. This is Joe Vore Podcast After Dark adult film star, and five-star Uber passenger. Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Of course, Hime. How are, thank you for doing this. How, how have you been? How are you? I've been pretty good since we last spoke. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, more or less the same, just kind of trying to deal with the COVID stuff as it comes. But, yeah, not a whole lot has changed. Yeah, just rolling with the punches. So I feel like people are probably like, okay, what's what's the deal here? So let's give them the background. You and your boyfriend were out to dinner one night. I pick you guys up. We get to talking about what you guys do in the industry. And, we, and it was a pretty, I mean, it was probably, you know, 20, 25 minute ride. So we were able to have, get a little nice conversation going. And, yeah. and at the end, it was so funny because you mentioned like guys you know, being weird or creepy. And then I'm like the guy like, Hey, I kind of do this podcast thing, not to be weird, but I like, how do we stay in contact here? I'd love, I'd love to have you on. That was back in either late November, early December. And yeah. That was a while back. I know it's crazy. And correct. Remind me or correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't you guys telling me about an Uber driver? I think earlier that night that took you guys to dinner, he was like, really weird and was like into conspiracies and gave you some sort of book or something <laughs> yeah yeah that wasn't maybe it was earlier that night I can't remember but there was this guy I don't remember his exact name but I mean I could find it because we still have the book that he did give us and um I don't know how we got onto the topic but he basically said yeah you know um I wrote a book and it's just all the truth in there. Everything I wrote in there, it's all, you know, the truth that you need to know about the world and the celebrities that you think you Whoa. know on TV and just like aliens and just a bunch of, it was a bunch of crazy stuff. So it was a lot coming at me at one time and I was just trying to keep up. <laughs> just but process. Yeah, I think his book was called like Into This World and Out Again or something very huh. strange. I'm sure it's a New York Times bestseller. We just don't know it. I'm sure it is. I need to give it a chance. <laughs> I, I guess that needs to be our follow-up to this. We're going to do a, a book reading from this guy. What yeah. The, yeah. We should because it's I've only like kind of skimmed through it and it's, it's not the greatest written, mm. but you know, yeah. it's all right. But, but but it's the truth, so you can get over if right. if it's not grammatically correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so. I, I know I'm the interviewer. This Everyone's watching for you. But I do have to fill you in on what happened after I picked you guys and, or after I picked you up and dropped you off that night. So okay. For, so I had, I remember it was about like 17 minutes till my next pickup. So I had some time. So after I picked you guys up, obviously being a young kid that I am, I called my buddy from back home in Ohio. The snowman is his uh, nickname, who I call. When I tell him about all of my crazy Uber driver encounters, I'm like, dude, you will not believe who I picked up. And I just told him, I'm like, oh, I picked them up. And I go, best part is, because he's been on the podcast a bunch and we, he, he, we do a lot of stuff together. I'm like, and best part is, she's going to be on the podcast. So he, I had to tell you that he was, uh, he was very fired up to hear that. And he was like, dude, oh my gosh. So 
him and his buddies back at college, he goes, whenever it happens, send me the link. I can't oh wait to watch. So he's super pumped to, to finally okay, see Okay, well, here's a shout out to uh, Joe Vore's buddies and his... Yes. His buddy and his buddy at co- buddies in college. There all you the go. dudes. Yeah, all <laughs> the bros. Here's a shout out for you. Yeah, <laughs> at, the, at the igloo with the snowman. But that, you guys, so to give you, you're going to give us a little instra- insight to the porn industry. Let me give you a little insight to what it's like Uber driving week to week. So to, okay. to continue on going on with this, I drove, now you're only allowed to drive 12 hours at one time. And each week they give you this quest, which is they give you a time frame, you get a certain amount of rides, and then you get a bonus. So that's like my goal every week. Okay, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna drive Monday through Thursday, if that's my time frame, I'm gonna get these trips and that's what I'm gonna do for the week. It was an incredibly slow, like it usually is very busy. I have no problem. I never have to go out on Thursday nights. I'm usually done by Thursday morning. That night mm-hmm. though, I'm like, my cutoff is Friday at 4 a.m. So I did, and I ended up doing a little bit extra. I did set, you guys were my very first pickup that night. I picked you guys up a little after seven or something. I started at seven, went till 7 a.m. So I start with wow. you and your boyfriend who are in the porn industry. I picked up this cross-dresser lip singer named Rick who spoke in this very, like was like literally dressed up like a girl, had a beard, but spoke in a girl voice. And I took him to like, I picked him up in a sketchy part of Phoenix and took him to another sketchy part, part of Phoenix oh to, to the adult store. So that's what happened. Oh, okay. And then, <laughs> and then I'm like barely awake and it like rained earlier that day. So it's like very foggy. And I end up all the way out at the Mesa airport to drop someone off from Scottsdale. And then I get dinged to pick someone up at the Mesa airport. So I'm like, great, I don't have to go anywhere. But then I take them all the way to Casa Grande, which is fucking halfway to Tucson. Right. And then my saving grace, and it all started with you, and I had Rick, and I had my airport people. My saving grace, I'm in Casa Grande. I get dinged again for a 55-minute trip, whatever it was, north. And I'm like, please, God, let this be Tempe. And if it's not Tempe, I'm going to have to sleep in my car for two hours before I drive back. And this lady literally took me to this U-Haul place that's like three minutes from where I live in Tempe. Oh, wow. Perfect. So, so you know, not really relevant to what we're going to talk about. But you, uh, you, you kicked off one of my most memorable nights driving Uber ever. And I ended up, yeah. I made my quest. And you, and you got us off to a great start. So I wanted to share that with you. Oh, well... <laughs> It's, it was an pl- absolute pleasure talking to you. I don't quite remember everything either, but um, I'm sure we'll probably rehash some of that oh, yeah. now. So Yeah, for sure. So, so let's, let's get into it. I, I kind of want to start with this. I, I, I'm probably going to sound like a broken record to, to the audience because I've had a couple actors on in the past week, and I asked them, like, what's your actor origin story? You know, when did that curiosity and intrigue kind of spark for you? Was there a moment? How did you get into acting? So I'm going to ask you sort of the same thing, but, you know, how do you get into this adult film industry? Because I know, you know, being from a small town in Ohio, I'm also not, obviously there's guys in the adult film industry, but, you know, I'm sure there's, as we've talked about, we're going to have your boyfriend on so we can kind of discuss the male, female Mm -hmm. in the industry, which is going to be really fun. But how do you find yourself, like when, like just give us your, your porn origin story here. How did you get started in this? Did you fall into it? I mean, give us, give us the background here. Yeah, so I don't think my story is too unique because now when you think about it, like uh, it's a lot easier for people to get into adult work now with obviously OnlyFans is a big household name. 
Right. But before OnlyFans really made it big, um, I started as webcamming as a cam girl. I think that's oh. kind of how a lot of girls, guys, people kind of dip their feet into the water of the adult work. At mm-hmm. least that's how it is for me. A lot of people will stay kind of in the sphere of like the online only um, cam girl, cam guy, but not me. So I started uh, camming on Chatterbait and I think it was like 2017, 2016, I don't okay. remember, but um, I think I remember at the start of like 2017, I was doing really well on the website and I was only like three months in and Chatterbait reached out to me by email and they said, hey, there's this adult industry expo in Denver and we sponsor several models like you. Do you want to come with us? You know, everything is paid for. Uh-huh. Um you just have to, the only requirement is that we ask that you stream um, at the expo for a few hours, you know, just kind of bring a little bit of hype to the Chatterbait booth. Right. And um, yeah, so that was the first like adult industry expo that I went to, you yeah. know, very kind of, it's <laughs> very fresh, like very crazy experience because I had never really, uh, you know, experienced that at all before. Yeah. It was like just, uh, it was a lot of fun though. And I actually ended up doing um, several other trips like that throughout with Chatterbait because they treat they treat their models super excellent. Oh, that's great. But that's how I started. And then I remember one night I was at a party and there was this guy who kept staring at me. And I thought <laughs> at first, if he ever watches this, he's gonna laugh. Um, <laughs> I thought he was really creepy at first. I was like, why does this guy keep staring at me? Whatever. And we finally started chit-chatting a little bit, and he said, hi, my name is John. Um, I am an agent in the adult industry. You know, I run a talent agency called East Coast Talent. Um, I watch you on Chatterbait a lot, actually, and wow. I think you're super amazing, you know, and I really, really want to have you into this. And, you know, basically, at first, I didn't understand what he was asking of me. I was like, well, what do you want? Just, like, pictures? Or do you want to shoot, like, a solo? And he's like, no, I want you to, like, do porn. And I want you to, you know, shoot for all these different websites. And wow. I was really drunk, and he was really drunk. <laughs> and I don't know where things went wrong, but we ended up getting into an argument <laughs> in that same conversation. Yeah. And then we didn't speak for a few months after that. But he eventually messaged me on Twitter and said, hey, we got off on the wrong foot. But, um, you know, if you're still thinking about this, you know, it's totally up to you. And obviously, it's not like there there was no reason for me at that point to, like, do porn. I was like, no, I'm doing really well, like, Mm -hmm. on, you know, on cam by myself. Why would I have to do that? But I think it was after I did, like my first uh, like boy girl show on Chatterbait okay. like cause that was kind of like a big deal you know what that my first show with another guy involved right. I sort of in my mind made this equation like well I did it once already why don't I just like keep doing it and see where it goes and um in my mind at the time I thought it could only like help like you know put my name out there for you know and boost my traffic cuz I thought all along initially I was just going to be this like webcam star right um things change it's I'm in like a kind of different path now but it's still great so yeah I would say Chatterbait is definitely what got me started and um they're a great they're a great company I love working for them 
That's great. And so I'm guessing, you know, kind of go back to, to, to acting in TV and in film. So when you went to this thing in Denver and Chatterbait, you know, send you, they, they, they pay for it. You got a booth there to kind of promote it. But is this sort of also kind of like a, a networking event, sort of like a showcase event? Like, is that is this kind of a place where you can meet people and sort of, you know, you felt, it seems like at that time, felt content. You liked the path that you were on. You're comfortable. You're like, Chatterbait takes care of me. I'm doing well. I just want to stick with this. But it kind of sounds like this thing in Denver could be a thing where you meet people maybe to take that career either down a different path or sort of to the next level. Am I following that correctly? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely like this. So this event is the um, that I went to is called Exotica. And it's basically a smaller version of like the grand big event that, you know, the porn show awards is called AVN. Right. But regardless, yes, they all are basically really big marketing events. Um, like, you know, porn stars have their own booths there where they meet fans, take pictures, they, like, have them buy merchandise. Yeah. Um, it's like Comic-Con. Big major cam websites have, like, you know, big booths there with, like, cam models that, like, are camming, like, live from yeah. the event. Um, yeah, and there's just... Yeah, some booths are, like, really big and extravagant with, like, DJs. and Wow. It's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, but it is definitely for marketing and um, getting to know people, uh, trying to be discovered, I guess, for right. some people, too, by, like, agents and um, companies, so... Yeah, it's like it's, it's like the comic con. It's like the comic con version of for porn. It's like what that yeah, sort of like it that. It is. Yeah, it is for sure. Fascinating. So now that we kind of know where you got your start, and we, we kind of know what this exotica thing is, can you talk about what is it like? Take us behind the scenes, like your day to day on a porn shoot. Like explain, you know, what the setup is like, where a lot of the shoots are, maybe geographically, but also location wise. I know when we spoke. You know, you talked about, uh, you know, experiences in like Las Vegas hotels. Mm -hmm. You even got into some people that have gotten in trouble. They're like blacklisted on Airbnbs. Um, are there, you know, porn studios? Is that still a thing? How long do shoots last? How often, you know, do, do you shoot? Is it kind of, you know, maybe I'll do a few shoots a month. I'm really busy. You know, you know, kind of take us behind the scenes and give us give us all those details. All right, so I'll start by walking you through a good day on set, <laughs> a good smooth day where everything goes really well. So right. usually I'll get my call sheet, the information for the shoot. Um, if they're a good company, they'll send it to you like a few days to even a week before. Sometimes you get it the night before, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, it gives you the location, the time. Usually it's around like 8 or 9 a.m. Show up to set. Um, if it's a, I mean, sets are obviously really big on a good day on a good set. Usually it would be somewhere in Los Angeles or, um, Vegas, but maybe there are some houses that are very nice and designated just for porn shoots in like the, the Hollywood Hills. So right. going to those is really fun. It's very scary though, driving up there. Oh yeah. But, yeah. It's probably a little yes. creepy. Yeah, it's just very windy, and yeah. people drive, like, insane. Maniacs, anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, so we <laughs> get there, and, you know, get my makeup done, and fill out paperwork. Um, usually, it depends on the kind of production, but there's usually, the director is there, he has an assistant or two, maybe a photographer is there for the pictures, um, and also helps the director with, like, getting other angles of the action, um, male talent me. So usually there's not more than like 
six to 10 people on a set unless it's a really big production. Right. And for the most part, everyone is in good humor because, I mean, we're there to shoot porn. And uh, (laughs) if they're a good company, usually everyone's joking around and having fun. We usually first thing, of course, get through all the paperwork, all the legal stuff. Um, We do this thing called bunny ears where we hold up uh, two forms of our IDs. I use my driver's license and my passport and, you know, they take pictures of that to prove that, like, it is you, you are who you are, you're of age. Right. They also do it on video and get a statement from you that says, you know, are you aware that you're shooting pornographic material? Whatever, whatever. You're not under the influence of anything. All just, you know, crossing their T's, dotting their I's before anything gets started, usually. And then the first thing usually is called pretty girls. And those are just pictures of the girl, usually. Yeah. It usually is just starting in, like, the outfit that you're wearing for the scene or lingerie, pretty much just like a striptease photo set. Got it. And then from there, um, usually usually they'll shoot pictures throughout, but sometimes some companies just try, want to get all the pictures out of the way yeah. first thing. But uh, then we start the intro. If it's... Uh, I mean, all the strips are, you know, it's porn. Yeah. Like, so. <laughs> Is it? Uh, yeah, my, my, I, I wanted to come up with a question or a, a list of like bad questions. I wanted to be like, so is the acting supposed to be bad? Like, it's, is it supposed to be that cheesy? Like, do you guys, like, you know how there's bloopers? Are there bloopers in porn? Like when you're doing some of the cheesy stuff where you guys are like, really, you want me to fucking say this? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> All the time. There would be way too many. And I'm sure they, like, see so much stuff that they're, like, the editors are just desensitized right. at, at that point. But, <laughs> um, yeah, the scripts are... So, I will say, um, the... What I call f- uh, faux-cest is a big thing right now. What's that? Where it's... It's, like, <laughs> they're trying to make it incest as like based as much as possible oh. but you know Ooh. you say stepbrother stepsister right um whatever that's probably like one of the biggest trends right now right and so usually it's a s- stupid script about stepbrother stepsister at least yeah or you know for milfs and other people it's like stepmom right. so yeah we've all seen the, the we all we've all yeah. seen the pumpkin screenshot you all know, yeah. so. Everyone knows. You, there's like a, I hope there's a husband with like his wife listening in the car right now, like one of my friend's dads, and they're like, oh, I don't know what she's talking about. This is weird. Oh, yeah. No, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. You can go to your, your favorite website right now on the homepage, and there will be what I call a faux-cest yeah. scene for sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, usually the intro goes smooth. Um, they... They'll try not to overcomplicate the scripts too much either right. because, you know, but like I said, the bigger productions, obviously, they'll really want you to take that a bit more seriously. Right. And um, if you get into the sex, like, hopefully everything is good there and goes smoothly. Yeah. It doesn't always, you know, things happen. Uh, yeah, I mean, shooting anal stuff happens too. Like, I... I definitely have some funny stories about that. I don't know how graphic I can get. I mean, you, this is after dark. He may, you are, you got no handcuffs on here (laughs) as much as, you know, maybe that's out there too. I don't know, but you can say 
and go into whatever you want. We want to make this as interesting and as juicy as possible. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, I will. Look, let me just say, I have a lot of admiration for the guys in porn, you know, who like kind of might have deal with like long days and like tricky days because uh, they put up with a lot of shit, like literally, figuratively, you know. Got it. I'm following. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, if everything goes well, you know, we finish off the scene. Obviously, what they call the, the pop shot is the most important um, right. shot, like the, the guy's cum shot. And, uh, you know, um, it's almost always, like, set up. Like, it looks very smooth, like, once it's all edited and stuff. But it's always, like, a big setup shot oh. that they have to um, do. And so... Then once the scene is over, I take a shower and uh, there's usually like a little exit interview that they do just to make sure, you know, you were okay with everything that went on, like, and, uh, you know, no one was crossing any boundaries. And then uh, we get paid and we go home. And usually, so if it runs smoothly, so you say you, you know, 8, 9 a.m. when you get on set, then what time are you wrapping up at the end of the day? Some people shoot really fast and you can like wrap like, like one, two PM. Wow. There are some there are some directors in uh LA who really try to make the most of their time and their resources because they pay by the hour for the location sometimes. Right. So they'll shoot like they'll book it out for the day, but they will shoot like three scenes in a day. They'll book one from like ten to two and the next one from like uh two to six and the last one from like six to ten. So they really try to, you know like use up their time and their resources. So. Right. So yeah, so maybe like, yeah, they're not trying to get, they're really going to pay attention to every little detail and take their time with everything when they're doing that. Yeah. Right. And usually when they do uh, the scenes that are like that, they're usually much shorter and like simpler. So they don't have to, you know, change the set too much. Right. Whatever. Um, but usually on an average day, I'm wrapping around like four, 5 PM. So it's like a normal, 95 I guess yeah. you got your it's a very interesting nine to five but the hour I, I, I it put, is yeah it's it's definitely definitely different so how does it work I've always been fascinated so you, you mentioned you know getting paid at the end of the day where does the revenue come from because obviously a lot of porn now is or pretty much you know all porn now I can't imagine you know obviously with the exception of OnlyFans where you know you have to pay you I guess you could do a free subscription on there but for the most part you know you you don't have to pay for porn is you know do the studios get money and get paid through the studios or is the revenue generated you know if it's on a website and is it like YouTube where you get money from the ad revenue and they put ads in the video so how you know where's the revenue generated so at the end of the day for your work, you get paid. I think it's most like the YouTube thing that you describe. Um, that benefits more of the companies, porn companies, than it does benefit me. They're kind right. of because Pornhub is basically like the YouTube of porn. So how it works for me is I sign pretty much sign away like all my rights to the images, the videos. Once I'm shooting on set, they're pretty much just paying my rate for the day, my yeah. time. Um, whatever. And so 
uh, at the end of the day, I'm usually done. I don't see any royalties from that. But what they do is obviously they have their websites, you know, and they, you know, try to do the same thing, like have a subscription, get people to pay and watch these scenes. Right. But their way of like promoting that while also helping them make money is they'll make shorter versions of every scene right. for Pornhub. And they, uh-huh. that's how they make their ads for Pornhub. So that way, you know, because obviously that's where Pornhub gets the most views. And for the people who really want to see more than like 10 minutes of a certain scene, you know, they'll, they'll go and they'll sign up and right. actually buy it. Right. So, and then how does I, I would yeah. assume? Yeah. yeah. So, so they, uh, you know, so what you're saying, you know, they own the intellectual property there, but for you, mm-hmm. so and any videos, you know, if someone were to go on Pornhub, right. And you say it's like the, the YouTube of porn. So they're on Pornhub. They go to Hime Marie. There's your profile, right? I assume you have, I don't know, what do they have, followers, subscribers, or whatever on there? Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing kind of like YouTube. I technically, yeah, I have a channel. I don't really, um, what's nice about it, excuse me, and what's nice about shooting, like, mainstream porn, though, is it kind of gets the views for your channel for you, you know, because they tag you in it, and then people will go and check the tag and come back to to your channel. So, like, I... Like videos that I've uploaded myself on Pornhub, it's not many. I think it's like twenty of them. Okay. Um, but like I get tagged in every single video that has like millions of views from the other companies, and they account all of those views into your channel. And people do oh, subscribe. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And you know, you can definitely, you can definitely make really good money from Pornhub if you work at it like a YouTube channel. Um, it's, it's a lot of work though. So I, yeah. I don't really do that. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Cause, cause my question would have been, you know, so the stuff that would be on your channel, is that stuff that you've done personally, like that's yours or are these like the shorter versions of the, of the, of the full movies that you were talking about that are, that are on your channel? That you've uploaded so I, yourself. I, I, so I think there's like two options on, on Pornhub. I, I like don't really pay attention that yeah. much. But <laughs> I have like videos that I've uploaded. There's a tab where you can see all the videos I've uploaded. But there's another tab where you can see all the videos that I'm tagged in from gotcha. like other companies and people. So Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Very good. So let's talk OnlyFans now. Because I know this was something. I don't know if we touched on it. But when we were talking business stuff, this was something that I thought of when, when I... Uh, when I picked you guys up from dinner that night. So OnlyFans, obviously this is something that is a little bit more, I would think, you know, more personal. It can be more, you know, cause there's mm-hmm. messaging and you know, you have a fan base, right? Cause obviously, you know, I would think, you know, it's like, oh, well I can just see any of her videos for free on Pornhub. Why would I, you know, subscribe to an OnlyFans and pay $10 a month or whatever it is. But it is more personal. You get things that are different. Maybe there's messaging privileges or, you know, however you want to set up uh, your, your OnlyFans, do you think OnlyFans, do you think there's pros and cons to it? Like pro is you, there's another stream of revenue for you, but also do you think it's taking people away from, you know, Pornhub or any of these other studios? Like, are there people out there that don't like OnlyFans because it may be taking money out of their pockets? Maybe not as much right now, but down the road, OnlyFans could be, you know, the future. It's like how podcasting is kind of right. taken over radio and, and, and before podcasting, it was like satellite radio where, where you could have, you know, like Howard Stern conversations like this rather than just, you know, regular radio that's monitored and you can only say certain things. Right. Yeah. That's so interesting that you say that. Um, OnlyFans definitely is like the biggest competitor of 
a lot of websites right now. I don't necessarily, I was talking to my boyfriend about this the other day. I don't necessarily think like porn companies will really be hurting for like new talent or people to come and shoot because right. there will always be like new girls or new people. Like there will always be people who are wanting to do it. I just think the demographic of people is definitely going to change because, um, obviously to do like only fans or, you know, I would consider like webcamming kind of in the same like yeah. bracket too, because you need like a cell phone or a computer or some, some sort of smart device to do it. And, um, people who like don't have access to that as easily are probably going to be turning to, um, mainstream porn. So that's what I mean in the sense it's like probably going to really change the demographic of porn. Yeah. It's more people who are probably like a bit down on their luck. And so it, that's going to be interesting to see. And, uh, because now, yeah, anybody can like make an OnlyFans account. Yeah. And I think it's going to become, um, bigger than, than porn. Actually, a lot of wow. people associate OnlyFans with like, you know, porn because there are a lot of porn stars on there and it's where, right. you know, any ordinary person can go and share their, yeah. you know, private moments, private pictures. And that's, you know, what's really appealing about it. But with more celebrities coming onto the platform and just, uh, I, I feel like that's exactly what it's going to kind of become. It's going to become like an, an entire platform in itself, like, uh, like Twitter or something even yeah. because even the companies are starting to make their own only fans page because you yeah. know, they, they don't really have a choice anymore. Um, they're like, okay, well, if you want to see like uh, behind the scenes, you know, of the scenes we're shooting, then, you know, that BTS, that more like kind of raw yeah. um, uncut stuff is really what, what people want to see. So they're, yeah, they're starting to make their own only fans pages as well. So it's definitely, I think it's just going to take over everything if, you know, if they can keep their head above water because right now, um, or I mean, not, I mean, in the sense that we're as in the adult industry right now, the biggest uh, threat we're facing is uh, credit card merchants and like processors um, pulling out. And, oh, uh, really? So, so like, so what you would mean, like, for instance, like Discover, like they're going to say, hey, we don't want, like, you're not going to be able to use your Discover card on Pornhub anymore. Is that is that what you're saying? Right. Wow. Really? Yeah. There was there was something. I think it was. God, I tr I see all this stuff on Twitter, but I try to not like delve too deep into it because right. then you know it's just like you, like you hear all these people. It's just too much sometimes. Yeah. But um, I think it was like Visa and Mastercard like pulled out of Pornhub. Whoa. And that was this. Yeah, this was like big news. It happened. Uh, I don't know if it was earlier this year or like late last year. Um, so wow, that's huge. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, yeah, that was huge. And so everyone is always like, you know, having this looming fear, like, oh my God, it's going to happen next to OnlyFans. Like, who knows what's going to happen? I think they would personally. I think they're strong enough to find to find a backup if something ever yeah. did happen to them. But yeah, I really do think OnlyFans is gonna. It's going to take over like a big, it's already taking over a big part yeah. of the internet, but it's only going to get bigger. Yeah. And it's so funny. It's kind of, I don't want to say guilty by association. I don't want to give it a negative connotation, but you're right. You know, there's so many things that are probably on OnlyFans that aren't, you know, sexual or pornographic in nature, but that's just what everyone sort of sees it as. I always thought, I don't know. Do you follow sports very closely at all? 
No, not at all. <laughs> okay. So so recently, like here with a big thing, like collegiate athletes, like they're amateurs, right? They, they've never been able to kind of like when you sign your rights away, you know, like when these amateur athletes, you know, they could get in trouble, suspended um, from school and no lo- longer be eligible to play if they benefit off their own likeness. Like it's completely legal in the real world. Like, hey, I'm a famous athlete. And if I go to, you know, a famous one was Ohio State, all these players were like, hey, we're Ohio State players, um, you know, we'll trade you autographs and some like jerseys or whatever for tattoos. In the real world, like there's nothing wrong with that. You have agreement right. between two parties, no big deal. But because they're under, you know, the NCAA and their amateur status, they were they were all suspended for a bunch of games, which is ridiculous. And But they're, start, ridiculous. they're starting to come out of that. But I would think OnlyFans would be an awesome place for these athletes to get on, not for anything sexual, but... If, can you imagine like a top college athlete, right? A celebrity, everyone, like everyone wants to follow this person, right? You know, and I think about like kids and kids who are in high school who want to get to that level. What if they did five bucks a month and they did videos and like their workouts and stuff? Like how many people would subscribe to that? And I, and I, I just hope, you know, oh, OnlyFans sure. just doesn't take a dive because everyone, as soon as you think OnlyFans, they think you know, porn and, you know, all, all this it's other stuff. Porn. Yeah. 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 And that's why I am all for, um, more celebrities coming to the platform. And yeah. that's a very widely debated topic within the sex work community too, because, um, they, it feels like, you know, they think, oh, they're, they're taking, um, away something away from us, but I really have to disagree. I think they're just bringing something more to the yeah. platform. And I mean, if you think about it, like, it's called only fans. Yeah. Like, you know, the fans of that person are going to subscribe to that person no matter what. Right. And then in the off chance they discover you, great. If not, you know, um, it's yeah. just, I, I think it's a bit silly that we are so, or that, or that a lot of sex workers are so resistant to celebrities coming onto the platform because, and then they argue, well, we, we made this what it is, which right. absolutely, like sex workers did help make OnlyFans a household name, but the platform initially never started for that. I mean, sex work was kind of like an optional thing. It was really more supposed to be like lewd content, like kind of nude right. things. I think that's what they were hoping for, but because um, it was more to appeal, it, initially it was supposed to appeal to mainstream celebrities to share behind the scenes, like pictures, videos, like yeah, right. those like raw moments. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, that's a whole other can of worms though. I don't really want to get into. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's crazy. That's so did I hear one thing? I don't know if this was ever, I don't know if this was real. Again, it was something on Twitter that I just, you see a headline of, you don't really deep dive into it. Was OnlyFans thinking about, or there was some pressure from whoever on OnlyFans for people? Because obviously there's people on there that don't want to use, you know, don't want their face, don't want their real name. They go under, you know, an alias, a stage name, whatever you want to call it. Was there at one point some talk that they were going to make people have their real identities or something like that? on there or did I just see some crazy headline that didn't mean anything? Yeah, I never heard that before. Okay. Cause I was like, man, that would really, you know, like I got nothing against some girl who's a hot sorority chick and wants to like go to law school and pay her way through law school. And if she can do that on OnlyFans and not have to kill herself because, you know, she has so, so much studying to do, you know, that's just one example. But if she wants to do right. that, I'm like, 
and go under a fake name so she doesn't ruin or you know and keep her face out so she doesn't you know maybe ruin a chance at getting into a certain school or whatever then I think you you know why not you ought to be able to do that yeah absolutely I, I never heard anything like that Okay. Um, I mean, I know you have to verify who you are on OnlyFans, right. you know, for sure. Like, upload your your ID and right. all of that. But, um, no. Okay, I'm good. I'm still under Hume Marie on there, so there I, you I are. hope they don't make me yeah, I, I hope not either. go under my real name. Yeah, no, they that, do a well, I guess. Yeah, but, but yeah, that, that wouldn't make any sense. Okay, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, so, I want to talk now. I didn't know what to call this. Maybe... You know, let's like bust some myths, you know, talk some truths, you know, kind of stereotypes about the industry and the people in the industry. So I had some of these questions I wanted to ask you and, and starting with okay. this, you know, people that do porn, I think from the outside, you know, what you kind of see, what's kind of built up in pop culture, right? You know, these people, you know, the girls specifically, you know, since I'm, I'm sitting in front of you, we're, let's, you know, keep it on, on the female side here. You know, it's, you know, someone who you know, broken home, daddy issues, abused, all those things. That's what people would think. It's like 99.9% of these people that is, and, and unfortunately, you know, that that's probably the truth for some people. And that's really sad. But honestly, people come from, you know, th there's someone with the same background in all kinds of different industries. So it's not like it's singular to, to porn. But, you know, w when you hear someone say that, or I'm asking you that question, is that the truth for the overwhelming majority like it seems because of what it's been built up in pop culture or is it more you know not not as true as it's built up to be um i would say yeah it's de it's definitely like built up not as true as it's supposed to be uh sorry my leg keeps falling asleep <laughs> no you're good you're good in a comfortable position <laughs> um so yeah i would say i definitely met some you know broken people for sure yeah who, you know i felt really terrible for and you know they you know only got further exploited in the industry just because of you know how they are yeah who they trust right um but i mean personally most of the people that i have met and talked to and most of like the um big stars most of them come from like a business background you know they're wow. business people yeah. and they're just trying to be smart you know because uh, you know the trade-off to like make all this money is you know just to you you know do something that you know some other people it makes them really uncomfortable but i'm completely fine with it yeah you know so a lot of them come from business backgrounds there is one lady who uh was a doctor before wow. joining the industry wow. there was uh, um another uh, girl i think she was like a business major or something too yeah so people from all walks of life me personally um i have still have a really great loving family they're Amazing. thrilled about what i do yeah. but i mean they don't <laughs> um they've never like disowned me or yeah. anything yeah. And um, before before I got into all of this, I was an esthetician and um, doing stuff. And yeah, I went to beauty school. Wow. So yeah, all walks of life, all kinds of different people. I imagine. And isn't it so crazy? You know, because I'm not I'm not as comfortable as as you would be. But still, I mean, I really don't care what people do. You know, if that's what makes them happy, they're good. I say go for it. But it's so funny. You know, because. When I hear you, you know, talk about, you know, business people or doctors, the same thing goes for actors in TV and film. You have former people who are in the military, people, you know, like uh, Rob Riggle, who's yeah. in like all the like the Will Ferrell movies, plays all these funny characters. He was in the Marines or you got Ken Jeong, who plays, 
you know, Mr. Chow and all the Hangover movies. He was a yeah, doctor. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, they go to TV and film. It's like, oh, look how cool that is. But then Port, it's like, oh, that person was a doctor. And they and people would say they threw their life away to, to be in porn. Isn't that, I mean, I don't, I mean, I can understand why some people would think that. Obviously, it's more taboo. It's more, you know, porn is way different than, you know, t- TV and movies. But st- I mean, I don't know if we'll ever fully get there. But, but But do you think we'll ever start trending in the right direction where it's just kind of more like, hey, like, who cares? Like they're, they're doing their thing. It's, it's whatever. And if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. I really hope so. And I, I would say yes, it's slowly, but surely, but with people, artists like, um, Cardi B, Megan Sally and, you know, being very forward about their sexuality and like, you know, being horny and wanting to have sex (laughs) and like just not being ashamed of it. Uh, so I think that's, I mean, obviously, like, not everyone is going to like it, but you don't have to like it. Right. So. Yeah, that, that, that's the cool thing about, like, art. Like, you know, it's like, you know, don't hate on me. Just don't, like, watch my shit. Then, like, if you don't like exactly. me, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. if you don't like this comedian because, you know, he's not PC or he's offensive, then guess what? You don't have to listen to him. You don't like he may. You don't have to watch her. You don't like this podcast. Yeah. You don't got to listen. It's just... I just don't, it's, it's just like such a, it's like an invisible wall, but people feel like they can't, like people can't, some people just can't get past it. It's so weird. Right. And, and I'd say the biggest like argument that it all always like stem comes down to, and I joke about this with my boyfriend all the time, yeah. is like, oh, the children is pretty much what it all stems down to is just, what? oh, the children, the yeah. children this, we can't have the children seeing that. And, you know, I grew up um, in a pretty like... Uh, like my household was like pretty normal, all that yeah. stuff. And you know, anytime something like bad or inappropriate came on TV, my parents would just turn it off. Or you know, how about that? Well, I they think, would, I like, think it send comes... me to my room. Like it yeah. was not a huge deal. You know, they I... didn't try to like say, "Oh, this is bad. This is horrible for you. You can't be saying this." They would just, yeah, tell me like go to the other room, or you know, they would turn the TV off or change the radio if it was like a song with a lot of bad words in it. Yeah. So. I, I think yeah. I, I joke about this. I think it's just these parents don't want to parent, you know, to like they get the uh, they get the um, the image in their head of them having to sit down to their kids and explain. It's like, no, I'd rather not do that. I'd rather just get on Facebook and type in all caps and write a bunch of nonsense. It's just like, no, why don't you do some, you know, it's just like, oh, this guy kissed this guy on at the Macy's Day Parade. Well, how am I going to tell my kids? I'm like, well, be a parent, you know, why don't you sit them down and explain it or just, just like your parents did, you know, it's, it's something that's, you know, maybe you, you, they're, they're too young, you know, maybe they can't quite comprehend it yet. So then just turn on something else. Not that hard. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I, it's just, oh my gosh, it's just, it, I'm glad we're on the same page because that stuff just infuriates oh, yeah. me beyond belief. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And that, and that comes down to, you know, to, I think being more open and more communication because I can't imagine you know, my parents are, you know, older. I'm 23. My parent, my, my dad's 60. My mom's about to be 60 in July. Um, and so, you know, th- having any sort of those, but as we get older and I think it might get better because as we get older and when like, you know, our generation, right? Like how, how old are you right now? If you don't mind me asking. I'm going to be turning 26 this year. All right. Well, happy early mm-hmm. birthday whenever that is. So we're around the same Thank age. You. Yeah. I just turned 23. So we're, you know, basically 
we're in this, we're kind of one in the same there. I think as we kind of become parents and we get older, I think because we grew up with this stuff, I think we're going to be able to have better conversations. Obviously, our kids are going to have even more access than, than we did and, and we do. Oh, for sure. But I think we're going to be more prepared to at least be able to give them some sort of talk and, and heads up and, you know, because... I can't imagine for the for the older parents or just really anyone whose parents, even younger, you know, they didn't grow up with iPhones and all of a sudden, you know, you could be 10 years old and just randomly come across porn or whatever. I mean, because that, yeah. could, not that, you know, porn, you know, is dangerous, but, you know, to a nine or 10 year old, it can be really confusing and really kind of mess someone up, you know, out absolutely. of context without any explanation. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, that's a good point. And it, it, yeah, it all comes down to you have to be comfortable enough to talk to your kids yeah. about this and that, too. Yeah, it's not, you know, the kids think it's tough. It, I mean, the parents, as I've gotten older, you know, I, I realized, hey, it's probably pretty tough for them to, to like talk about it too. Like it's not easy for either, anyone. Yeah, that reminds me of this um, advertisement from New Zealand I saw that yeah. was like really profound. Um, I'll send it to you if I can find it, but it yeah. was a uh, mom answering the door and like two naked porn stars were at their door and they were like, oh, hi, you know, we're just here to, to let you know that like your son has been watching oh. our videos oh. and you should probably let him know that that's not how it really, you know, happens. Yeah. That, you know, what we do is a movie and, you right. know, that, you know, it's not real. Like this isn't like what sex really is. It was yeah. very like tongue in cheek, of course. Yeah. But, um, great message a, though. Very great message. No. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's stay on that topic. Cause this is something I wanted to ask you about too. So, you know, is it, you know, I'm going to keep making the, the, the analogy and comparison to, to TV and movies here. I mean, you know, again, you know, let's kind of tie this to dating in, in porn too. Cause you have a boyfriend, he's, he's in the industry. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this because you guys will, um, I imagine you guys have shot scenes together at one point, but also because of your business, oh, yeah. right? Um, you know, and there's same way with actors and actresses, you know, maybe they've acted together in a movie and they've been romantically involved in a movie, also romantically involved off the screen, but also uh, they've definitely had other roles, whether it's before, after, or during their, you know, their relationship where they've been romantic with other people. But, you know, people can make that separation with TV and movies but why, you know, what is it? Is it because it's that extra step because you guys are actually having sex on a porn set is why it's viewed as like, oh my God, like how do you get over that? And also, do, do right. porn stars date other porn stars just like actors date other actors because they understand the schedule, oh, yeah. they understand the business and it's just easier to explain. I imagine, you know, you, if you had a non-porn star boyfriend, that'd be a lot tougher to explain and he it would be a lot tougher for him to to accept like, Hey, this is my job. And you know, for today I'm going to be having sex with this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's definitely, um, a mixed bag in the industry as far as like relationships go. Usually you see pe people dating within the industry or like for most healthy relationships, <laughs> at least where, uh, there's one party that's not in the industry. They're usually super keen on like, you know, still filming with them. They may not film with anyone else or maybe they'll also help them film like certain things. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's very interesting to see. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it's, it's really like just a job. Yeah. Um, we, you can have great chemistry with someone in the moment, you know, and, uh, it can feel really good, but, um, uh, I don't know. I... I like that paycheck at the end of the day and just being able to, to go home and like, you know, 
and uh, talk to like my person, you know, yeah. which is yeah, which which is Kyle, and uh, um, yeah, it's hard to describe because it, it's a very difficult concept for like people who are just used to like monogamy monogamous relationships because i i was you know like that before like very much so like before this in a monogamous relationship and i couldn't even like fathom the idea of like shooting porn even or like even being like cheated on would be like so like just unfathomable to me but um yeah it's a it's really, we're shooting a movie at the end of the day. Yeah. And, um, it's make believe it's pretend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. It really is. And uh, I, I just got really lucky to find, uh, Kyle cause we had great chemistry on set. And then, um, we did, you know, start dating a little later on and, um, it just stuck. And honestly, like anytime we are not working with each other, I want him to like have as much fun on set as possible and have a good day. And, um, he wants the same for me. So that's great. That's, you have to have that foundation. I imagine me, gosh, I just can't, cause I'm imagining for, for myself. I don't know. I know I told you, you know, I did these, you know, street YouTube interviews and I go out and I'd be around a ton of girls and I've never had, I never have had a a girlfriend during any of that time when I was doing that. But even some people, cause the videos were pretty popular and, and a lot of people's friends would end up in them. So they kind of got around, especially, mm-hmm. you know, here at, at ASU. Right. And right. you know, in some of the videos I would end up like, end up like kissing the girls or they'd be like all over or whatever. And it's cool and fun. But then I realized, you know, then I start people, people can't make the separation cause they just see me and they just automatically just think like, you know, that's, that that's who I am. I'm like, no, like I, I like without this microphone, like I'm just more of like a, 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 a chill guy. Like I just kind of hang around. Like that's not my style at all. I much rather just kind of hang out and do my own thing. Or if I have a girlfriend, like that's, that's great. And we can just be chill and go out and have fun and, and just do, do whatever. But then they see that it's just like, Oh, party boy, this is definitely who, who you are. And I imagine, you know, someone from the outside looking in, it's like, Oh, he may, or just any porn star in general. It's like, oh, well, they're definitely just crazy and this is all they think about and, and whatever. I mean, I heard an interview with Lana Rhodes. I think what she was, before she started, she had like a, a longtime boyfriend and she only had like sex with one guy and kind of like your story, pretty normal upbringing, nothing nothing crazy. And that's just what she ended up doing. Um, but but it, it's weird. People can't make that. Again, it comes back to not mm-hmm. being able to make that separation. Absolutely. And I think it also comes down to people who just like consume social media, people who don't really post themselves. Yeah. They kind of forget that like you're, you're constantly being sold to and advertised to on social media. Everything is like set up for a reason. And it's set up for entertainment purposes. It's set up to make you want to subscribe to my OnlyFans. It's set up like to make you hungry, all the food porn on Instagram. Right. Like you were just you are just constantly being advertised to because like, obviously, I mean, like all Instagram models, I'm sure they don't, you know, look like that all the time, yeah. every day. It's the same with me. Like when I'm not he may Marie, I'm just kind of watching random stuff on YouTube and yeah. smoking weed and vegging <laughs> out all day. So, you know, just like you, then I become yeah. the consumer, you know? Right. And so, yeah, no, mm-hmm. that's, I want to talk about this too. 
I know the answer to this, but I want people to know this. I was at, this was like a few years ago. I came across a uh, a Johnny Sins YouTube video, and he was talking. Um, and I think this is kind of funny with COVID because I feel like the way how you know safety in porn. I think that's what you know some people don't realize. They see all this unprotected sex, and then you know mm-hmm. a few you know, and then they're in health class where the health teachers are like. If you hug a girl without a condom on, you're going to get AIDS. So you're kind of like, you're kind of like, you know, peddled all that nonsense. But the porn industry, you know, you kind of went over all the, you know, crossing of the T's and dotting the I's, all the things that they have to go through because it is a legit, you know, production. I feel like people are just like, oh, yeah, it's just a bunch of greasy guys with black hats on with a lollipop in their mouth. But no, it's like, you know, it's like a real, real business. So talk about, you know, the testing and making sure that everyone's safe and taking care of the actors. Right. So the testing protocol before COVID usually was um, about every two weeks, if you're actively shooting, you would go and get tested. There's two like um, facilities, like main facilities that um, they, it all goes into a database right. at the end of the day. So you can just look someone up by their legal name or even on one of them by their stage name. And you can just see in notification that they are clean and they aren't lying to you or trying to fake a test because, you know, that was a huge issue, but they've, um, yeah. like, way back then, but they've, you know, kind of ironed all. Uh, but, yeah, usually you go to get tested, um, yep. and it's uh, get your blood drawn, you pee in a cup, and then um, usually if it's, like, a good day and they are not having any delays, you'll have your test results the next day, and you'll know uh, pretty much for everything, like yeah. if you, you know, gonorrhea, chlamydia, like HIV, like even like certain, um, like infections, like you will, like certain STIs, you'll know. Yeah. And then, but then with the recent COVID, uh, after all that happened, we were completely shut down for like a few months. No one was, uh, shooting anything at all other right. than just the stuff they can do at home. Right. Which um, is again, why OnlyFans would be so great yeah. now that we've seen, Hey, we can be completely shut down. Like, hey, I can do solo stuff. You have a boyfriend. I'm sure, you know, I think you guys, you know, if you guys live together, you guys are able to do stuff there. I think that's, I, that's something I forgot to bring up. I don't mean to cut you off, but another great thing that oh, well, I think yeah. OnlyFans is, is great because, you know, you guys are unemployed from these other things, but I can continue to support yeah. myself even if we run into something like a pandemic. Absolutely. So um, not to get too off topic, but like, yeah, yeah OnlyFans definitely blew up like, you know, oh, around... Yeah when COVID first hit and, but the porn companies, some of them stayed really smart too. And what they did actually is they would reach out to people that they knew were couples living together. Yeah. So we had a couple co- companies reach out to Kyle and I, and they said, Hey, um, if we send you like a the script for like a really easy scene that you guys can just shoot on your phones or whatever, and just make it super simple, like a, 30, 45 minutes, you know, we'll give you all the outline, you know, we'll pay you just like send us all the footage, you know, when you're done. So they, a lot of companies were very smart and, you know, kind of like out, outsourced their yeah. work basically. Wow. But anyway, this is getting back to the testing thing. Right. When we were back to shooting on set though, um, a 24 to 48 hour, like clean COVID test negative was also required. Right. And so that testing protocol was like, not like the iron out like well at first, because you know, there was like a lot of supply chain issues yep. and just delayed results. Um, so, uh, now it's a little bit better, but, um, still do require it. Even with the vaccine, rolling out now they st- they're still probably going to require that we get 
have a clean COVID test now yeah. every 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, but I was just thinking when I was writing down all my notes, I thought about that Johnny Sin's YouTube video that I saw, and it kind of reminds me of what they're doing with sports now, just instead of the STD, STD tests, you know, it's their COVID tests. It's like, all right, you got to get tested before the game, after the game, you know, you got to, you know, come into practice, you get your temperature taken. They're being really safe. And I think that, you know, that's obviously very important for, for your industry mm-hmm. where, you know, if there's no, you know, you know, some regulations are like, what are we doing here? But, you know, th- there's got to be regulations with some things. So that's good that they, uh, that they take care of you guys like that. That's, that's smart. So that's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the last questions I, I we've stayed we've stayed relatively clean here, but I want to ask you this: What okay. <laughs> is one thing that seems to always be shot, be part of a porno that maybe is great for the viewer, but you just can't stand, like you hate? Oh, that's a great question. Um, oh, that's hard to say. So I would say like. Um, a position okay. like positions position wise like they look amazing on camera right but man they are uncomfortable <laughs> obviously like reverse cowgirl yep. is a, a difficult one for the girl because i mean it's just like a, a backwards squat like yeah. it's really difficult you know and we're like a, a squat like leaning back yeah it's very difficult you gotta have a lot of leg muscle to do so right. um yeah i don't really i don't really like that i'm sure there's some other stuff I don't like. Oh, oh, um, shower sex uh-huh. looks amazing on camera. Of course. But it, it is the worst thing to shoot because it's just like uncomfortable. You can't have the water super hot because you'll fog up the camera. So you're right. kind of in like lukewarm, almost cold oh. water trying to have sex, trying not to slip and fall. Right. The tile and you got to perform like your face has to be like, this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. I do not like shower sex. But I mean, I could tell you about like the grossest thing that ever happened to me like let's hear to it. date. If that's do what it. you want to hear. Yes, let's hear it. Um, so this is gonna get pretty graphic. Okay. But I'm ready. Everyone I, get ready. Disclaimer, <laughs> if you can't handle it, turn not, it off. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not the worst thing, but it's up there. Yeah. Um, I was shooting this website with another girl and this guy, and the website is like a very like super messy blowjob theme oh, one. Oh god. So it's like a lot of like spitting and like super aggressive like you know blowjob. Yeah. And um, one of the or the girl was like on top of him like uh sucking his dick like going pretty hard, and right. I was underneath sucking his balls and next thing i know uh i just feel puke like come oh, pouring down no onto me and what? like on like a lot of puke too not just a little and it gets like all over my hair in my eyelashes and i was <laughs> it was pretty terrible and i feel bad cuz she was obviously like apologizing profusely oh, yeah. you know and they like cut immediately you know and got me a towel and Thankfully, I was like, it's okay. Just, like, give me a few minutes to go clean up. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that was probably, like, the one of the worst things yeah. ever. Wow. Yep. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good. I mean, this this website that you were that you're working with, I mean, who knows? I mean, from where you described it, it, you, it wouldn't have surprised me. The director was like, you know, this wasn't in the script, but just keep rolling. This is great. 
Like that that oh, would have yeah. been messed up. I'm like, what kind of website he, is this? Oh yeah. I mean I've seen some pretty bizarre stuff on this website oh, though, but I sure. think and like they they don't like encourage like puking per se, but right. they do advise that like before you come to the set you really shouldn't like eat that much wow yeah and then they give you like just water and like um the white gatorade to drink right so in the event you do puke it just looks more like spit than it yeah and water than it does right. like you know right so yeah yeah you gave before so. oh my god well i don't know how i can follow that up but i do have one more thing <laughs> i want to i want to ask you so you talked about like leg muscles and like the, when you were talking about uncomfortable positions do you have like a you know, what's like, obviously for the guys, I feel like it's easy. It's just, you know, the porn star workout is for them is just, you know, just make me look like, you know, one of the Avengers. Just let me look awesome. Right. (laughs) If that's what you're going for. But like for a girl, like what's the, the porn star workout? Is it like going for the Instagram, like, you know, uh, booty model, you just really want to build up the, the lower body or, you know, what's, um, I don't know if you work out regularly or if you're, you're pretty on it, you know, what would be like a good, you know, porn star, um, a workout regimen. Man, I used to be way more on it. And actually I've been kind of bad lately, but before when I was like first in the industry, I was like really into yoga and Pilates, like going really hard with that. But I like had more of like the kind of teeny bopper look than, Mm. you know, like I was booked more for like the teen roles, like the younger girl. So I was like very skinny, like didn't really have like boobs or a butt. And then, um, you know, COVID happened and I think everyone gained a little bit of weight of course. around there. And I kind of liked it because then now the trending thing is obviously like, yeah, like really big booty is, right. you know, that's it. That's it. And yeah. And I, I like it too. So now, um, I ride my bike a lot. So nice. I'd say that definitely, that definitely helps. Uh, got to in Phoenix, though, it's getting more difficult to ride your bike during the day. Yeah. It's just getting hotter. I know. But... We went right to, like, the 90s. What's up with that? Oh, yeah. Not cool. Yeah. I love it, though. It's I do. Yeah, I, mean, I have a pool, though, so I can just, yeah, I can just jump in. Nice. Luckily, our apartment has a, a pool, too, and it's finally been back open. But I just... Well, you're more than welcome to come enjoy the pool with Kyle and I. I would love... Point. I want to meet back... After we do... Um, I'd love to come hang out. Um, after we, we're gonna do a part two of this with, with you and Kyle, which I'm so glad when we were messaging a few weeks ago, just to give people a little this little behind the scenes for the podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You made a great suggestion, and I'm just like, and then of course me, I'm just always trying to milk the most content. I'm like, boom. I'm like, that's a great idea. Let's do one on one first. Have you know, just kind of be about you, you know, your story and everything. And then when we bring you guys together, I think it's gonna be so much fun to talk about that male versus female dynamic in the industry because I don't want to, you know, maybe we'll do a little tease here. I imagine, you know, usually, you know, in the, in pretty much everything else, I feel like it's the female that is a little underrepresented in porn. Is it the other way around or is it the same? Yeah. Yeah. Guys get the short end of the stick a lot of the time yeah. in porn. And in my opinion, they get paid less usually yeah. um, until they've like really built their name up they can get paid as much as a female yeah um yeah they get paid less um they they do have to put in quite a bit of of work to like for like way more work than you know for what they get paid for i think uh 
being in close, like, obviously, I'm sure you've seen the meme of, like, people doing POV scenes where, like, the director has the camera, like, just <laughs> literally right, like, hugging the guy right. pretty much. yeah. Like, so it's, you know, and to like, you got to stay hard in that situation, you know, yeah. like it's, you know, it's a, it's a lot of pressure too. And like, you know, to like stay hard, like for, you know, the whole 45 minutes and like, make sure you don't take too long to like do the pop shot, but make sure you don't pop too fast yeah. during. So yeah, it's, it's very different. It'll be interesting to hear what Kyle has to say. Yeah. So that's a good little preview for the, uh, for the, for the viewers. I can't wait to do that one. Well, Hime, thank you so much. I'm so glad we were able to do this. This was so much fun. Um, you know, so glad to to reconnect. And um, yeah, I, I really just can't wait for for people to listen to this because when I when I was talking to my uh, to my agent, I'm like, hey, you know, I want to run this by you first. I know you don't bother me too much about my podcast, but I want to have an adult film star. I gave him the whole rundown. I just was really, I just really liked our. Uh, our conversation, you know, you, me and Kyle, I just thought, you know, the, the business side was so, was so interesting. I'm like, we really have something here. So I'm glad we're able to, yeah. you know, deep dive into this. It was so much fun. I learned a ton and I, I think people are going to love it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Good. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Reminder of the Joe War podcast on YouTube, hit that bell notifications, never miss an episode. We are also on Apple and Spotify, the Joe War podcast. We'll talk to you guys next Monday. Thank you again, Hime.